you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13 this morning. I want to preach on a message on only Jesus. Have you ever met someone that uh, had their whole heart poured into a project? Uh, or maybe um, you remember way back a long time ago when you fell in love with some girl and your life changed and uh, your spending habits changed. Uh, you spend all your time not with your friends, but with that girl. And then the guy, when he uh, wants to uh, fix up a car, he spends all his time on that car. And, uh, you know, he comes home from work and he works on that car. And uh, there's different projects that, uh, you know, we put our whole heart into it. Folks, God wants our hearts this morning. That's why he says, you need to love me with all your hearts. Out of the heart proceeds our words. God wants our hearts this morning. I believe it's the time that we start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about the weather, how hot it will be, and uh, if it'll rain. And in Illinois, we talk about you know how it's going to change, and uh, uh, we we talk about hobbies. Really, we talk about what's important to us. Uh, some of you talk about your family, and that's good. But we need to talk about Jesus. Because the only reason we're going to heaven is because of Jesus Christ. We sing this morning about the wonderful grace of Jesus. Jesus gives us that grace. And if there's a change in our life, it's because of Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking about my eternity. I'm going to be with Jesus in heaven for all eternity. Now, in God's mind, his son is everything. Jesus came to represent God. If we want to know how God would do what he would do, we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God sent his son to die for the entire world. And someday God will judge this world through his son, Jesus Christ. God's economy is about Jesus Christ. And so John, in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, talks about where salvation comes from and how we need to focus on Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and this is the record. That God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, folks, I want you to understand this morning. God wants you to know right now that you have eternal life. God wants you to know that you are going to spend all eternity in heaven. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer. Father, I'm so thankful that we have a wonderful Savior. And Lord, when we deserve judgment, you have given us your love and grace. And Lord, right now, you're very gracious towards us. As we sang this morning, grace reached all of us. 
Lord, would you guide my mouth this morning, my words? Lord, I want them to be your words. Lord, we need to talk about Jesus this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. On many occasions in my life, and uh, years ago, I would uh, uh, talk to a lot more people about the Lord Jesus Christ. The disease has limited that ability to talk to people. And I would remember talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I remember one guy that was standing at his door, and I asked him if he was going to heaven. He says, no, he didn't know for sure yet. And he said, I hope so. And I heard that word, I hope so, many, many times. When someone says they hope so, what they're saying is, I don't know. That's the number one response I receive when I ask somebody, are you going to heaven? I hope so. Well, you can know. And then what they'll tell me after they say, I hope so, then they tell me all the good deeds they have done. Well, not all of them, but many of them. And uh, one guy says, well, I go to church every Sunday. I said, what church do you go to? Well, uh, it's down south. I said, where? Well, it's down south. What's the name of your pastor? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm like, you go all the time. I mean, one guy called me up. He says, uh, I need uh, $250. I said, well, we just don't give out money to everybody. Uh, have you been here before? Yes, yes. I come all the time. I sit in the back. I said, what color is my hair? It's dark. I go, no, you have not been here before. One guy told me, uh, I read the Bible, and one lady told me, I just love God with all my heart. I said, well, you're the first I've ever met that loved God with all their heart. But this man I was talking to, he said, I hope I, I go to heaven. I said, do you know you can know that you're going to heaven? He said, you can't know that. He, he said, you know, you don't know that until you die. And then when you die, then you find out. I said, I want to know a lot before I die, all right? I want to know way before I die. And so I quoted 1 John 5, 13 to him. He said, really, you can know before you die? I said, yes, you can know. God wants you to have that confidence this morning. I don't know your heart. I do know this, that over the years I have been surprised by people that didn't know for sure they were on their way to heaven. I remember visiting a pastor's wife years ago, and uh, she just had a surgery, and uh, she was in her 80s, and, and she uh, uh, turned towards me, and she whispered, she said, I'm scared to die. She said, I'm not sure I'm, if I'm going to heaven when I die. I, I was ready to say, well, you're a pastor's wife. You know, you, you ought to know that. And I believe this morning that there are some in this auditorium that maybe you're not sure you're on your way to heaven. I'm thankful that God tells us that we can know for sure we're on our way to heaven. We want security. I want eternal security. And that's why we lock our doors to our house. And that's why some of you have security cameras and you have alarm system and you have these uh, security lights. Because you want to be secure. And that's why that uh, many times when we have online bank account, we want a good password. We change our password. We want security. Well, folks, I'm so thankful I have eternal security in Christ. And John's telling us about several things 
about our salvation. First of all, if you're taking notes this morning, the giver in verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. I want to read that again. I want to emphasize a word here. And this is the record that God hath given us eternal life. It's not something that we're looking forward to only. It's something we have right now. But what is this record? This is God's word. It bothers me when someone will say, well, pastor, I watched this video. And I know this is truth. This is what's going to happen. I said, where did you see the video? On the internet. Now, how many know this morning that everything you see on the internet is not true? Would you raise your hand? All right. Like a lot of things on the internet are not true. But yet we say that and people say, I I know this is true because I saw it on the internet. This one else said to me, well, I heard on the news. Well, everything you hear on the news is not true. You would be a wise person if you didn't believe everything you hear. I am thankful this morning that the word of God is truth. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, it is truth. I can trust in it. When Jesus said there's one way to heaven, there's only one way to heaven. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. I believe that. There's only one way. There's not a lot of ways. There's not your way and my way and God's way. There's one way. Growing up, there were certain people that you believed. You believed your parents, your grandparents, your teacher. But later on, you found out that some things they told you weren't the truth. But I'm thankful this morning that God is truth. And just because the majority believe something doesn't make it truth. Years ago, people believe, the majority of the people believe that our world was flat. And if you got into a ship and you started sailing, you drop off at the end of uh, our earth. Christopher Columbus found out that wasn't true. All right. Folks, I am so thankful this morning that this is the word of God. It is truth. Titus chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now I'm afraid this morning, there's a lot of things we believe in the Bible with our heads, but not our hearts. If we really believed in our hearts that Jesus is coming soon, it would change our behavior. We would stop storing up possessions on this earth and realize we're not taking anything with us. Those things possess us. If we really believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon and that those people without Christ will spend all eternity in hell, it would motivate us to tell more people about Christ. If we believe that the Bible is sufficient and the Bible brings comfort and the Bible gives us direction, And the Bible will uh, be wise to us. We would read the Bible more. But we see the giver. The greatest giver is God Almighty. He's the richest person. I read recently that the richest person right now owns $192 billion. Wow. He's from France. 
I'm sorry, he's not the richest person. The richest person is God Almighty. He owns everything. He is the greatest giver. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every gift that he gives us is good for us. He never stops giving. You know, when you think about Christmas, and I'm glad that we don't have snow in the ground right now, and there's some people that like Christmas all year round. But when you think about Christmas giving, we talk about gifts. Then you, on the other hand, you tell your kids, there's a naughty and a nice list. And you better be on the nice list, otherwise you won't get gifts. That's not a gift. That's a reward. God is a great giver. He gives and he gives and he gives. And he never gets tired of giving. And he's given us eternal life. Now, I want you to notice, secondly, not only the giver, but the guarantee. In verse 11, and this is a record. This is God's word. God does not lie. This is truth. God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Talk about a guarantee. Eternal life. Understand that a little bit more. Eternal life. Now, it is hard to find something that's warranty for more than two years. And I found this out. That every time I buy appliance, they want to summon extended warranty. And I found this out too, that when you have an appliance, it usually breaks down right before or right after the warranty runs out. Have you ever found that out? You tell your wife, honey, the microwave doesn't work anymore. When did we purchase it? Well, we purchased it and she'll tell you the day. Are you serious? It's like they put a computer chip in there to break down right after the year of warranty. Or when you're driving a car and there's a, only a limited warranty, you get out the book and you find out, well, that wasn't under the warranty. Folks, I'm thankful that God gives us an extended eternal warranty that goes on forever and ever and ever. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath, hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John chapter 6, verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on the Son, on me, hath everlasting life. The Bible says we have eternal life. Now, most of us, we're waiting for Jesus Christ to come to get that eternal life. And somehow our philosophy is, God wants us to be miserable until he comes. God does not want us to be miserable until he comes. That eternal is not only talking about the duration of life, it's talking about the quality of life right now. 
Jesus is saying to every child of his, you can have life the way that I intended you to have it right now. You can have eternal life right now. It's about Jesus. Jesus gave you eternal life, and Jesus can give you life right now. I think many times we, in our minds, we think, you know, if I could move to a, a better place like Hawaii where it's 70 degrees, I would be a lot happier. Or if I could um, change my circumstances and make a lot more money at work and had an easier job, only worked 10 hours a week and got paid for 40, then I'd be happy. Maybe you think, well, if I had different kids, don't tell your kids that, all right? If I had different kids, I'd be a lot happier. And in our mind, we're, we look around, we think, now that would, that would bring happiness to me. Folks, it's a lie. There's only one thing that will bring happiness to you. That's Jesus Christ. When you think about eternal life, what if Jesus Christ came right now? And he was just talking about eternal life. I promise you this. Whatever you do, you get used to. That's why you see McDonald's workers with their uniforms on eating lunch at Burger King because they got tired of McDonald's food. And I promise you this because I met somebody. They had steak all the time. They got tired of steak. He's like, try me out. I can't get tired of steak. But they had to have a hot dog. Now, folks, think about heaven. If eternity just meant duration of time. After walking on the streets of God for a long time and swinging from the pearly gates, you get tired of it. It's not just talking about the duration of life. It's talking about true life in Christ. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. That's what God wants us to experience right now. What describes your life this morning? Stress, fear, worry, anxiety. God doesn't want us to experience that kind of life now. And sometimes we think, well, when Jesus Christ comes, then everything will be made right. Yes, it will be. But he wants you to enjoy that life right now. He doesn't want us to be miserable and to suffer right now. And then when we get to heaven, we'll be happy. He wants us during the middle of suffering to enjoy eternal life right now. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law. You say, Pastor, that's the kind of life I want. Well, then enjoy it. It's about Jesus Christ because the Bible says, He that hath life has my son hath life. Life is about Jesus. We all spend many years of wasted time thinking if this would change in my life, then I would be happy. That person 
is Jesus Christ. Because all the money in the world would not make you happy. You say, try me. Solomon tried it. Did not make him happy. We've all experienced this. Uh, you got something new and you thought, before you got that, you thought, if I could just have this outfit or if I could just have this piece of furniture, or if I could just have this house, I would be happy. I remember years ago when I was 10 or 11, I, I told my parents something that I don't know what I was thinking. I wanted a sled because all my neighbor friends had sleds. And we, in the backyard, we had an alley that was behind our house, and there was a big hill, and kids would go sledding all the time. And this was in North Dakota. There's not much else to do in North Dakota. And so I went to my parents, and I said, Mom, Dad, just give me a sled. That's the last gift you'll ever have to buy me. What a big lie. Because when it was time for my birthday, I wanted some gifts. And when it was time for Christmas next year, I wanted some gifts. And I thought to myself, if I could just have a sled, I would be the happiest kid in the world, and I'd be satisfied. Folks, what we want, we want what God can provide without God himself. And it doesn't happen. We need Jesus Christ. And we talk about what's important to us. You get around somebody and pretty soon the conversation turns to whatever they are excited about. If it's somebody that likes sports or a certain team, they'll talk about their team. If it's a farmer, you get to hear about farming. If it's a hunter, you get to hear about sitting in a tree stand for eight hours in a row and they don't get tired of it. Folks, we need to talk about Jesus Christ. I can't think of anyone else that loves you more than Jesus Christ. I can't think of anyone who prays for you more than Jesus Christ. I can't think of anyone that has been good to you like Jesus Christ has. I don't know of another person that will stick with you like the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You see, life is not about you, it's about Jesus Christ. Not only do we see the giver, we see the guarantee. What a great guarantee. You know, I am so thankful that we have a loving God, and he could have, he could have said, all right, you can have salvation as long as you go to church. A lot of people be in trouble. You can have salvation as long as you read the Bible. Wow, we would be in trouble. You go to heaven, the guarantee is for you as long as you treat people the way that I would treat them. You see, we're in trouble. That's where the grace of God comes in. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Why do we ignore the Lord Jesus Christ when he's done so much for us? You see, when we ignore him, he does not ignore us. Instead of judging us, he loves us and loves us and loves us. And when he disciplines us, 
He disciplines us in love. You see, folks, I can't think of anyone else that has died for you. He didn't do anything wrong, and he took your place on the cross of Calvary to die for all your sins. The gift. We see the giver, the guarantee, and the gift. As Peter said that God did not give us silver and gold or precious stones, he gave us his only son. And this is a record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. He that hath not the son of God hath not life. You see this morning, if you have the son, you have life right now. You see, you're not going to go to heaven someday and say, I got here because of my life. No, you're not. And it breaks my heart when I go to a funeral and they talk about the person that just died. And so he was a great person. Why um, this man, uh, he was one of our deacons. He was a faithful member. He was there for every service. In fact, he planted flowers in front of the church. Because all of his good deeds, he is in a better place. Folks, you're not getting to heaven because of 99% what Jesus did and 1% what you did. No, it's all of Jesus. None of what you did. I'm not going to get to heaven walking down the uh, streets of goats saying, you know, I got here because I was a pastor. No, I got here because of Jesus Christ and him alone. John 10, verse 28 says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. When someone teaches you that you can lose your salvation, I turn to this verse in the Bible. What John is saying, if you could lose your salvation, you would have to be a lot stronger than God because God says no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I don't know of anyone that's stronger than God. I was talking to a man not long ago, and uh, he didn't believe in eternal security. And I, So I asked this man, I said, so what sin did God not forgive? No, God forgives every sin. That's what we teach at the moment of salvation, which is amazing. Because if there's someone that knows all about your sins, it's God Almighty. He forgives you at the moment of salvation for all of your sins. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be ye kind one to another, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. If you have received forgiveness, you're supposed to show forgiveness to others. So when you think of eternal security, if Jesus Christ has forgiven you of all your sins then there's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. He's already forgiven you of that sin. Eternal life. Verse 13. 
These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Do you know right now that ye have eternal life? That ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I don't know your heart this morning. I tell my Sunday school class, I try to go to the Y, and they just changed this in the last week. But when you go in the Y, you have to wear a mask, and then the first thing they do is check your temperature. And so I asked the lady at the door, I said, uh, uh, you check everybody's temperature. Do you ever tell people their temperature's too high and you send them home? She says, oh, no, never. I've never had to do it. I don't know if there's a guy that checks your temperature. I'm not sure if he really reads it or not. He just puts it on your forehead and puts it down. Well, what if this morning when you came into the church, somebody checked whether you were saved or not? Do you have the Son? If you have Christ, you have everything. Years ago, there was a wealthy, famous old painter had one son. His son loved to paint. And so they enjoyed many moments of fellowship painting together. It was relaxing, peaceful. Well, the war broke out and his son had to go into the military. This old famous painter received a call that his son had died in the war. It broke his heart. He was devastated. Sometime after the war, there was a knock at his door and he went to the door and opened the door and there was a young soldier in a tattered uniform. He said, you don't know me, but um, I served with your son. He was kind to me. This soldier had a piece of paper, long piece of paper, rolled up, a painting in his hand, and he said, uh, in fact, he said, we would spend hours painting together when we weren't in combat or and he said, your son was so kind to me. I didn't get to grow up with the ability to learn how to paint, but your son helped me to be an artist. He said, in fact, your son took a bullet for me. And he said, I drew a picture of your son. I want you to have it. So he unfolded the paper and gave the scroll to the man and the old painter looked at the picture of his son and kind of crude and just not the best. But he kept it. He said, thank you so much. And he put it in the middle of his collection. Years later, this painter died. Word was sent all over the world. People were coming in from all over the world, from Paris, from New York, from Chicago, for this auction. When it was the day of the auction, the soldier appeared too. The auctioneer 
took his gravel and said, we're ready to start. He said, uh, reading the will, the first thing, we're going to sell this picture of the father's son. Well, people began to complain, mock. Some got angry. We didn't come here just to get that picture. Look at that picture. It's not worth anything. He said, who would give me uh, 10,000 pounds? No one. How about 5,000 pounds? No one. How about 10 pounds? No one. Finally, the soldier stood up and he says, I can't take any more. I, I want that picture. I just have 10 pence. I'll give you 10 pence. So the auctioneer banged the gravel down on the podium and said, Sold! He said, the auction is now over. People are really upset. He said, what do you mean it's over? I mean, I flew in from New York. It's not over. Yeah, I wanted to buy this painting. It's not over. He said, yes, it's over. And he said, I have the will right here. And this is what the painter said. He said, he who takes my son gets it all. Folks, in a Christian life, you take his son, you get everything. Ask yourself this morning, do you have a son? Are you enjoying eternal life right now? Are you waiting until you die? Is your attitude, I can't wait for Jesus Christ to come? Because then he'll rescue me from this terrible, sinful world. Are you focusing on Christ who prays for you more than anyone else does? Who gave his life for you? Who loves you? Who wants you to have a fruitful, satisfying, fulfilling life? It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. He that hath my son hath life.